imagine there is a lot to discuss. I'm Steve. I'm Jamie. What a weekend. Oh, dear. (laughs) Uh, You know, it started. Wait a minute. We're going to do something we haven't done all that often. We're going to begin with some breaking news, if you don't mind. Uh, Here we go. He's got the phone out. He's scrolling. The uh, Heisman finalists have been mentioned. Stetson Bennett, quarterback, Georgia. Max Duggan, quarterback, TCU. C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. And Caleb Williams, quarterback, Southern Cal. All quarterbacks. Um, Even though the Trojans took gas, wouldn't you have to say, based on the numbers, Caleb Williams would be the front runner, I would think. I think so. And I think that's what everyone's saying now that these names have come out. I mean, his numbers are silly. Although, let the records indicate, Stetson Bennett wins a national championship with the Bulldogs last year, has him in position to duplicate that feat this year, and some inside the Georgia football circles are referring to him as the greatest quarterback in Georgia football history. And do you think anyone might be offended by that? <laughs> Number nine. Uh, although Matthew Stafford never won a national championship there. So if Stetson Bennett is able to pull this off twice. Eh. Well, what is it that makes a Heisman Trophy winner? Is he the most valuable player to your team? The grittiest guy? Blood coming out of your arms? Well, then that could be Max Duggan if you watch that game. With TCU. Boy, uh, you know what? He he won over a lot of people. Yeah. You know, just with the uh, post-game conference in and of itself. Um, Because there was no guarantee, you know, what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, he he didn't leave anything on that field, that's for sure. He single-handedly brought them back, and then in overtime you don't sneak him in? I don't understand that. More on him coming in just a bit. Uh, You know what? Let's just keep it with college football for a little bit. Uh, Today's portal day. Uh, the first day you can launch yourself into the portal. And guess what? There's already 500, 500 plus names in the portal. Very busy. It's uh, just a different day and age, folks. And I'm still not sure. You know, talking to a lot of people about it, I, I see the pros. I certainly see the cons. Right. Um, but it, it doesn't appear to be going anywhere anytime soon. No, it's free agency for college. And I think the timing is kind of weird because they're all in there now. Some of them are skipping their bowl games to get a spot. Yeah, well, you know, this is, uh, you know, something that began probably five years ago, uh, maybe more so. We were having our green room conversation earlier, Jamie, and we were discussing the possibility of having Jake Butt, who is a fine analyst with Big Ten Network on right now, the former Michigan Wolverine, who, by the way, became the poster child. Uh, remember, Jake decided to play in Michigan's bowl game and blew his knee out. Which and, affected his then career afterward. Yeah, he was never the same. And I think he would have been a very prolific NFL tight end uh, if he didn't get hurt. But his story is used as the example mm-hmm. for some of the marquee players saying, no, you know what, in particular, if you're not a Final Four team. Right. Maybe you don't want to play in the Idaho Potato Bowl or Mayonnaise the Bowl. The Poland Weed Eater Bowl. Right. I don't even think that's around anymore, but, you know, I get it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, let's just a uh, quick uh, 
uh, talk about what went down. Uh, obviously, uh, in the Pac-12 championship, uh, USC uh, wanted to avenge the October loss to the Utes of Utah, and didn't it didn't happen. happen. Huh? So what did that do? Almost immediately, everybody's thinking. Ohio State. You're in. Buckeyes are in. And they were. As a matter of fact, Kyle Whittingham, the uh, coach of the Utes, via social media, sent a little message to Ryan Day. All he said was, yeah, that's it. (laughs) So uh, there you have it. Meanwhile, in the uh, Big Ten Championship, uh, you know, I I don't know if you've heard, uh, (laughs) but Michigan took care of Purdue, 43-22. Interesting, at the half, Michigan up a point, 14-13, then put on the afterburners. As usual. They like to call themselves the best second-half team in the country. Who can argue with that? They once again outscored their opponent by a lot to a little, and they're Big Ten champions. Uh, yeah. You know, listen, uh, I feel horrible for Blake Corum. As a matter of fact, we just rattle off the Heisman finalists, and uh, he was dead in the mix of the Heisman conversation for a long time for all the right reasons. The dude had a tremendous year. Then he gets hurt, um, and there goes that conversation. Uh, but Donovan Edwards, I mean, true teammate. He says, "Look, Blake Corum's the best running back." Says in college it on football. the podium when he wins the MVP. You know, but he goes for 185 yards and a score. But I think what Michigan fans are witnessing right now is a young kid uh, growing up right before our very eyes. You remember the uh, conversation going into Columbus? You know, if the Buckeyes were able to stop that Michigan running game, which is no small feat. Uh, would J.J. McCarthy have the wherewithal to, to win it with his arm? And all he did was throw for three TDs in that tilt, too. He was good. He was good. He might have started a little slow again, but he finished strong. And uh, Jim Harbaugh said that this kid is never nervous. He's never rattled. And uh, it showed. All right. So we fast forward now to New Year's Eve day. Uh, four o'clock, Michigan draws the early one against that gritty TCU Horned Frog team, they're number three. All going down in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, Michi- Ooh, Blake. Welcome to the show. Hello, Steve. How are you? <laughs> nice to see you, lad. Yes. Uh, we are being produced, as always, by the one, the only, Nick Roddy, who is uh, now on my monitor there. Nicholas, how are you? Hi. I'm doing a deep dive into bowl names after you guys brought that up. Did you know there's a Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl? No. Yes, I did know that. Didn't that debut last year? Oof. Uh, do me no a idea. favor and check on the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl. <laughs> There's also a Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Fenway Bowl, excuse me. Boy, that's an exciting one right there. That's a good one to bet the under on. <laughs> and uh, you will, and you yes. shall. Yes, I will. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's two teams coached by the same head coach, too. Talking oh, yeah, about Louisville coach is yeah. going to Cincinnati. Talking about this uh, Michigan TCU tilt, couldn't help but notice uh, Michigan now a seven and a half point favorite. Oh, it's going the other way. Didn't it open at nine and a half? It opened at nine. It went to nine and a half, and now it's at seven and a half. It's very interesting. All part of the uh, Fiesta Bowl, one of the great bowls I think of all time. Great. Chips. Uh, then <laughs> the uh, nightcap going to be a dandy. Uh, number four, Ohio State. Number one, Georgia. Uh, not a far commute for the Bulldogs right there in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, Georgia, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Georgia got the harder team 
don't you? Well, and and that was, you know, after USC took gas, a lot of folks were under the impression, now that committee, you know what they're going to do right off the get-go. It's going to be Wolverines, Buckeyes, too. And uh, didn't go that way. Did um, you hear the guy say from the committee that that never crossed their minds in discussions? Yeah, okay. Wink, Reese wink. Davis was like, yeah, okay, you sure? Boo. His name's Boo. You never trust a man named Boo. There's a Boo Booey. <laughs> yeah. Boo Corey. It didn't go well for Spartan. <laughs> no, so I don't know what it is with Boo, but, you know, he uh, <laughs> likes playing A, the Spartans, and B, and East Lansing 20 points last night. So, anyway, more on that coming up in just a bit. Intriguing matchups, yes? Yes. In the final four? Yes. New Year's Eve is going to be a fun day, glued to the television. Um, I like the TCUs in, even if I don't think they're maybe three. I think Ohio State's better than them. But it's fun to have different teams in there. And I'm kind of happy Alabama isn't. And I don't understand how they allowed Nick Saban on at the half of the Big Ten Championship to politic. I don't. What was Come that? Come on, dude. I even know he was so desperate. Yeah, because he, sure. he knows this team. This team had more talent than any team he's probably ever had. You have Did the best quarterback you've ever had, and you're not going to win a national title with Bryce Young. Well, I just found it odd because um, Mitch played this a little earlier, and by golly, I'm going to repeat it because uh, speaking of repetition. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, well, enjoy uh, your appearance in the All-State Sugar Bowl with uh, number 9 K-State there, Coach. Going down there at the Caesars Superdome. How many opt-outs will he have? Oh. Oh, he's going to have a bunch. It's all the rage, man. And you know what? I don't – based on what we saw with Jake Butt again, uh, I, I it used to irritate the hell out of me. that and these, now? Uh, I, I understand, I think. Do you? I, I'm so torn because if you committed to play the season, there's one more game in your season. I mean, we just saw a guy opt out of the playoff, Jackson, right. Smith, and Jigba. And that's rare. Yeah. Yeah. Because but it's it, going to happen more now with the 12 team. Well, it used to be if you were in the final four, you're in. And uh, I, I guess it's a, it's a different optic. Anyway. That brings you up to date on the uh, whole college football scene. Meanwhile, what a day it was for the Honolulu Blue and Silver yesterday. Uh, from start to finish, are you saying the P word out loud? Yes. Actually, I did on television tonight on Channel 4. Wonderful. They're in the hunt. You're a believer. In the conversation. You are a believer. Let's go. Let's drink that Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the uh, Detroit Lions and then some coming up here as we continue with the sports book on 760 WJR. All right, so I know there was some uh, <clears throat> discussion uh, going into that Jaguars tilt yesterday as to how the Lions would, would respond to the uh, gut-wrenching uh, loss on Thanksgiving Day to the Buffalo Bills. And you realize uh, that going into the Jacksonville game, your Detroit Lions, the only team in the National Football League averaging 25 or more points a game with a losing record. Well, we got an answer, and it was resounding from start to finish. 40-14, to 14, the Honolulu Blue and Silver uh, get the win. They improved to 5-7. and seven. So, uh, James, I'm thinking to myself, self, uh, earlier, you know, we've had Mike O'Hara on quite a bit when the Lions weren't doing so very well. Yes. And I think it's only fair and fitting 
that we have them on when we've got some good things to talk about. The good Mo. times as well. Yes. Mo, what's happening? Well, you're not just putting me on here so they'll revert, are you? <laughs> Lord, I hope not. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you know what? Wanna... Go ahead, Mike. No, I don't want to be the jinx here. Uh, I, that's never been the case as far as I know. Um, but there is a lot of reason uh, to speak highly of what we've got going on with this Lions team. And uh, I think what's going to transpire over the next couple of weeks is going to be huge, but more on that a little later. Uh, what I want to do is talk to you about Jared Goff. You know, I don't know, Mike. Um, you know, we've had our conversations throughout this year as to what the future with Detroit holds for this guy. And yesterday, 340 yards, couple of touchdowns, rating of 115.9. You know, we've got the draft pick from uh, the Rams coming in right now around three or four, probably another one around 14. Um, at this point, I'm kind of convinced, Mike, to use those picks, one, both, whatever, on defensive help. Jared Goff is doing okay, isn't he? Well, he's doing more than okay. And I think I'll go back to something I said uh, when I was on earlier, a couple, three months ago, you and Jamie, that. You know, people had this mindset, and I heard, heard them say this, that the best thing that could happen to the Lions is that Jared Goff isn't any good, and they go out and get a new quarterback. That's ridiculous. The best thing that can happen is that he's good, and they don't need to get a new quarterback, and they can use those assets to build up the to build up the roster on other spots. You know, defensively, you know, like you, Steve, like you just mentioned, maybe, you know, they, look, they've got a terrific offensive line, but there's a hole there at right guard. Maybe they could spend a pick on a right guard, something like that, maybe add another young running back, whatever. But just the idea that, oh, yeah, let's have our quarterback fail so we can go get another one. I don't get that. I just don't get it. Uh, Mike, I saw you today over in Allen Park. I nice saw to you. see you in yes. person. It was brief. Um, I, I'm alive. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, my nice... lips move, I make a noise. Yeah, it was nice to see you. But everyone's yeah. asking um, Dan Campbell about expectations now because they've shifted. And he said all the right things. He said, I believed in the team at one and six, and I believe in them now. But do you think he feels a little extra pressure? I don't know about extra pressure. I think when you've been in the game as long as he has at every level, you know, player, assistant coach, whatever, you know, uh, interim head coach, head coach now. I don't know. I don't know about the pressure right now. I don't. He's got a six-year contract. There's no reason he should feel any any real pressure except the pressure, you know, to perform and, and to win. And I, I just I don't think it ever gave me. I don't don't think it ever got to that point of of him worrying about his job. I think it was more about doing his job. Talk about one of the big improvements, Mike, with this Lions team. Uh, as opposed to like over the last five years when at times they were so damn undisciplined, um, it was it was blatant. Now you go to a game like yesterday where the offense is firing on all cylinders. Aaron Glenn and the defense clearly making improvements. And here's a football team, Mike, one penalty for 10 yards. That's enormous. Well, I'll go back to the previous week, too, and they had, uh, when they lost to uh, uh, the Bills on Thanksgiving Day, they only had two penalties, I think, in that game. So that's, you know, that's two full games of football, three penalties in the National Football League. That just, that, that I can't imagine that happening very often. Well, okay. So, again, the questions <laughs> today were about playoffs. I mean, there's a chance. It's at least fun to think about. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Jamie. Absolutely. Look, it's what is the line? It's never over till it's over. 
you know, the fat lady sings and all that other stuff. But look, I, the odds are against the Lions. They really are. But why, why cave into the odds? Why say, well, you know, we have a, whatever, 3.8 mathematical chance. Why should we try? Why not? First of all, what do you have to lose by playing good football? What do you have to lose by, by winning games? And what do you have to gain if the teams in, you know, in front of you start to come peeling down and next thing you know, bingo, it's the last day of the season, you're in Green Bay and you're playing for a playoff spot. I mean, things happen. I'll give you an example. And I, Steve, I think you might remember this, and Jamie both might remember this, that in 1995, the Lions went, started out 3-6. and six. They lost number six was in Atlanta. And after that game, in the locker room, after the game, William Clay Ford, the late William Clay Ford, then the owner of the Detroit Lions, said to a small group of us, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm going to fire Wayne Fonts. Well, the, the word, I wouldn't say the word got leaked out. We all wrote it. And the Lions went on a six-game winning streak, made the playoffs. I'm sorry, a seven-game winning streak, and made the playoffs. So, hmm. you know, things can happen in the National Football League. Now, that's a rare, rare example. I don't know if, if that's ever happened in the history of the game except for that one time. But why not? If it happened to the Lions once before, why can't something similar happen again? Well, and that's why, uh, like I said, Mike, at the beginning of our uh, chat here, uh, the next two weeks uh, for this Lions team is absolutely huge uh, because uh, you've got the 10-2 and Vikings coming to Ford Field on Sunday. Interesting enough, I was talking to the uh, staff degenerate, Blake, um, <laughs> that as, as it turns out, the uh, Lions are a one-point favorite, as it is Favored. right now. So, you know, you've got that, and then you go on the road to face a much-improved Jets team, Mike, who gave the Vikings everything they wanted and then some in Minnesota yesterday. So I don't think this Lions team, Mike, would have it any other way. I think they're a very confident football team, and with that being said, how good are you? Where are you going to find out against a pretty good Minnesota team come Sunday? Yeah, pretty good. You know, Minnesota's gotten some real breaks to get to that ten and two. Look, your record is what it is, and all that. But you know, I don't think that I don't think that the Vikings are really a ten and two team. Just like I didn't think two or three weeks ago, whatever it was, that the Giants were a seven and two team. And I think they've right. kind of borne that out with the skid that they've been on on lately. But you know, look, I, I give the Vikings credit. You know they've they've won some big games. If you look at how they won some of the games, it's a little bit fluky. But so what? You know that's they count. And I think if if they win or tie on on Sunday with the Lions, then they've clinched the playoff berth. And I thought that would be really remarkable for a team that won only six games last year to clinch it that that early. I thought it was funny today when Dan Campbell said, you know, five weeks ago everybody wanted me fired. And now things turn in the NFL, and you guys are asking me playoff questions. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> Wayne Fonts used to hear that every other week, but uh, he's right. You know, it really is. That's how how fast things can change. And I think sometimes we realize that or we don't realize how early we are into the season when we start making pronouncements. Now, you know, the Lions are what they won their second game of the season. They're one and one, and all of a sudden they're on their way. And the next thing you know. They've lost four more in a row or whatever it was, and they're one and six. And, Jamie, like you just said, people are talking about firing the coach. And, look, strange things happen. You know, look at the, look at the, what's happened down with the Indianapolis Colts where they fire their coach and replace him with Jeff Saturday, who's not even coaching in football now and ends up to be the head coach of the Colts. So, you know, weird things can happen and, and can happen and do happen. Lions Nation uh, got what they've been waiting for, a little appearance from the uh... – First round selection, Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama, uh, was targeted once uh, th- 
incomplete. Uh, but interesting enough, and he had experience as a gunner at Alabama. Um, Howie Long, I found it interesting, uh, Mike, kind of called out the Lions saying, what, what is the point behind this? Uh, obviously, and it was a good thing, the Lions didn't punt at all yesterday. Jack Fox could have had the day off. But um, your thoughts on that, Mike? I mean, it didn't bother me. A lot of that stuff, I think, that it, we, we react to quickly. Uh, it, it didn't bother me. Is it unusual? Yeah. But it's certainly a, a way to get get him on the field and not really, you know, just getting used to NFL speed and, and so on without really having to remember plays and, and, and other things at wide receiver that, that, that look. He, he, last week he worked with the scouting team. He didn't work with the regular offense. This week he'll work with the offense, and they'll have some plays for him. I mean, some legitimate plays just for him in this game against the Vikings. So, yeah, I thought it was a little unusual. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it got leaked out what they were going to do before they did it. But that's the National Football League, too. There are plenty of leaks there. But, look, I I just want to see this kid play. I really do. Everything you hear about him is a first-class kid with great ability. Now, somebody asked uh, Jared Goff yesterday, he did a post-game presser, about wanting to you know want to get get on the field with 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 him and he says look I've been wanting to play with him since April so I'm sure you know Jared wants to see him just as much as we do. This isn't a question. I'm just happy for Lions fans. It's going to be fun there on Sunday, a game that matters, a game that they need to win. That's just I'm happy for them. And you know what, Mike? Can... Go ahead, no, Mike. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, Jamie, I'm exactly 100 percent with you. If you've been to those games, that place has been rocking. You know, and look, I think those fans have been really over the years very supportive of, the, of, the, of the, this team, these players, this franchise. And I think they're getting some something of a reward right now because that, that place has been rocking at every single home game. And they've been pretty they've been pretty entertaining. The games Alliance have, haven't won have come right down to the last last minute, last few seconds, something like that. So it's not like you're going in there and, and, and seeing them get blown out like they did in some other eras. It's, it's really been a pretty cool experience there. And, Mike, good for uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, in town yeah. with the Jags. And afterwards, he said, look, Lions fans deserve any success that this Lions team has. And uh, he's hoping for big things for this Lions team. And what a class act he was when he was yeah. here. Yeah, absolutely. I went in and waited in the locker. He was taking a shower when I got there just, just to talk to him for a couple of minutes because he was, he was really a good guy to deal with. He really was. All right, Mo. Appreciate the conversation as always, my friend. Okay, Steve, Jamie, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, chat soon. Uh, that is uh, from DetroitLions.com. Mo Better Blues. Mike O'Hara with us here on the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. All right, so, uh, yeah, a big weekend for uh, fans of Michigan football. Uh, back-to-back Big Ten championships, and they are now just two wins away from their first national championship since 1997, that under the great Lloyd Carr. Let's talk more about the Wolverines, shall we? Who better to do that with than Angelique Shengalis, our friend from the Detroit News. Angelique, how are you? I am uh, tired, but doing well. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Amy, hi. Hi. Yeah, you're kind of burning the midnight oil these days, aren't you? But loving it. Yeah, no, I mean, this is fun. And I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, and there's all sorts of challenges every week with things popping up. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a wild ride to see how far they've come this season, how far Michigan's come. And, and, you know, you're right. Two, two wins away from winning a national championship sounds easier said than done. And it will be, but, but I think that they like their matchup going into this, uh, semifinal. 
Angelique, we know what's the same. They're Big Ten champions again. They're a two seed again. But what do you think is different for this Wolverines team this year? I really think getting Ronnie Bell back was huge. He missed last season uh, with, with the knee injury that he suffered in the first week. I think that Jim Harbaugh made a couple good hires again. I think last year was a was really telling when he went younger with the staff, brought on guys who played at, at Michigan before, and he did it again, Jamie. I mean, he brought in Mike Elston, a, a former Michigan linebacker, who's now coaching the defensive line, and, and really, I think, surprised me how well he got this, this line even better, I think, than last year in light of the losses with Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. And, you know, I think that Blake Corum was – he came in 12 pounds heavier because he knew he was going to have to carry the workload. And he did until his injury, obviously that, that knocked him out of the, of the Ohio state game and the season. And then you're just getting JJ McCarthy. I mean, he was a five-star quarterback and I think everyone is seeing why he's very athletic. He's very smart. I think last year, the way they used him, you know, I think he learned not to make all these risky plays. I think, he, you know, you saw him have an interception Saturday in the Big Ten Championship game, but that was his third of the season. And I, I think that, you know, he's learned not to take chances and, and not take big hits. And I think you're seeing that this evolution of a, of a really special quarterback at Michigan, and, and he's really brought it all together. And, you know, obviously the second halves for Michigan, is they've been the difference. And, and it's been uh, that's been really interesting to watch is how that's unfolded in the second half. It seems like week after week. You know, Angelique, you go back to the uh, to the darn good years of Lloyd Carr. And at that particular point in time, uh, you could easily have referred to Michigan as offensive line U because it seemed as though they were always stacked. It, it, it appears, Angelique, that we are uh, back to that with Michigan football. Obviously, the... Uh, ground game uh, has been uh, Bo Schembechler on steroids. And uh, Blake Corum, obviously, you feel bad for the kid. What a year he had uh, to go down to injury. Donovan Edwards, so to speak, picks up the ball. 25 carries, 185 yards to go along with that score. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, not sacked, not even close to it, I don't think, uh, in that tilt against Purdue. So you got to give the big uglies up front some credit. Absolutely. Absolutely, Steve. I mean, you're... You're so right, and I'm sorry I did not mention them because they've been exceptional. And I think the addition of Olu Oluwatimi at center, which I think everybody thought would, would really take this line to a different level. And they'd won the Joe Moore Award last year as the offensive line of the year, and he's taken them up a notch. And he's a finalist, again, one of three for the Remington Award and and uh, and the Outland Award. And, and the guy is very deserving. And it's I think they've given up 13 sacks this season. So that's, that's pretty darn good, and, and for J.J. to stay clean like that. And, and part of it is J.J.'s mobility. I mean, that, that's, he's been able to escape some, some pressure, but the offensive line just uh, carving out holes for the, for the running backs and, and protecting J.J., they have been exceptional. And you're right, I, I go back to the early 90s covering this team, and, you know, I always kind of that's the bar for me is, is for offensive line is, is can Michigan be like that? And, and there was a, a really – a drought there for a while. And, and this is definitely, I, I totally agree with you, kind of a throwback to those early 90 offensive lines and into the mid-90s with, with Lloyd Carr. How do you think they match up with TCU? I mean, people are talking about the national championship already, but you have to be careful. Absolutely. I mean, you can't, you can't assume you're going to win this game. I mean, I think they go in there and they feel very confident, but I, I keep looking at this, Jamie, and I'm thinking this sort of looks a little bit like Purdue. I think you know, I thought O'Connell was really good. I think I think they've got a really good quarterback at TCU. He's, he's a Heisman finalist. 
and he's got a really good receiver. He's got a running back that, that's really performing well. Um, I think defensively, again, they sort of remind me of Purdue. I, I'm not sure that this is a, a defense that's going to, to scare Michigan, but I think offensively, if you can have a performance like you did in the second half, I think they adjusted to Purdue after the first half because O'Connell, O'Connell seemed to be doing really what he wanted to do and not getting much pressure. And, and I think for Michigan, you hope that Mike Morris is back, the Big Ten's defensive lineman of the year. He's the guy who they really need to apply pressure, and, and I am assuming he will be back with a, after his – you know, dealing with a high ankle sprain, that that can take some time. But it does remind me a lot of Purdue, and but better. And and I think that that's going to be a really nice test again for this defense. And so far, they've acquitted themselves very well. Let me ask you this, Angelique. Right now, the state of Michigan is rather intoxicated with the uh, latest success, if you will, of the Honolulu Blue and Silver mm-hmm. Detroit Lions. All right, we're five and seven, but all right, uh, there's reason for optimism. Um, up next will be this 10-2 Minnesota Viking team. As Michigan is going through the success in this season, has anybody ever asked the question, what if? What if the Vikings hired Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> oh, boy. Now you're bringing that up. Is that in light uh, of all the rumors now, Steve? Well, I mean, uh, and, and this is something. You remember no, when Nick Saban was at State, and every year – in the offseason, it would be the same. This NFL team is interested. This NFL team is interested. And I once asked Nick Saban, uh, when I first started here at JR, you know, about the latest NFL rumor. And he snapped at me. And I said, Coach, I apologize. People want to know. And is this something, and to take my original question a step further, <laughs> this is going to be something along those lines, isn't it, Angelique? It is. It's every year, and I sort of miss the days of uh, it's probably third, fourth season when he brought out the calling them jive turkeys for for bringing this up, and he he was accusing um, other teams of negative recruiting and throwing Jim Harbaugh's name out there. But look, I think it's legit. I always think it's legit. I thought it was legit last year. Obviously, it was. He had an interview with the Vikings, and you know Jim Harbaugh addressed it on a on a conference call last night and said he he plans to enthusiastically coach Michigan in 2023 but he did leave the door slightly ajar and and I I have always been of the belief last year you know when everyone was saying the contract was done in early January I said well I'm putting it 60 40 that he goes to the NFL because I think he's got that and he said it later he would love to win a Super Bowl he'd love another shot at that Mm. now has he has he come to grips with that after this this last um, flirtation with with the NFL and the Vikings, maybe. I mean, he uh, he is very happy at Michigan. There's no doubt about it. And obviously, having the kind of seasons they've had the last two years, that certainly helps. And you know, I I I, I don't think it will happen, but I just say you never say never because people have goals, and and I don't think it's fair for other people to say, well, no, you can't go do that. And uh, you know, maybe maybe he stays because he wants to be here for, for the rest of his coaching lifetime. And, and, and maybe he decides to, to uh, dip his toe back in the, in the NFL. I, I don't know. But I just say you'd never say never. I, re- I really think that's the best way to approach this. And maybe if he wins at all, it makes right. some help. You there know. you go. Yeah. We'll see. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a big part of it, Jamie. And, and again, I wish I'd mentioned that. I mean, it's like you've reached the pinnacle. And he, he, 
obviously he did he was at, at the pinnacle but he didn't win in the Super Bowl his brother won so I think he would love to have a Super Bowl championship but you know he's going to be 59 this year I think he, he's a young 59 he's got a lot of coaching left in him and uh you know we will see but this is always going to happen every year at this time there's no doubt all right Angelique as always thank you so very much for the uh, chat much appreciated we'll uh, we'll do it again soon if you don't mind thank you thanks to both of you I appreciate it all right, Angelique Shengalis with the Detroit News, covering the Michigan football Wolverines, and for us right here on the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. And just like that, we are already at the Monday Night Football preview. Uh, tonight, a very interesting tilt. The 4-8 and eight Saints on the road to face the 5-6 and six Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa favored by three. Are you not going to talk about how I won? Oh, dear. That's right. <laughs> I actually you did. won one. You did. Last week, you won. Thank you. Thank you. And let me just point out something. The Colts are horrible. <laughs> yeah. They are a bad football Very team. Very bad. E-gads, that offense. What? 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 Very what, bad. What are you going to do? Did you say E-gads? I did. I think I did, Blake. I apologize. Okay. Thank you for apologizing. When's the last time somebody said egads? Uh, Kevin was just in here last hour, so probably then. But he's I've never 84. Heard that before. <laughs> that I'm was only my point, Kev. Steve. I know he's tuned in. Um, now here's the deal. Uh, Tom Brady leads the NFC in passing with 3,051 yards and has only been intercepted twice once since a season-opening victory over the Cowboys. Meanwhile. Uh, the Saints lost to the Buccaneers, James, at home in Week 2. However, and they'll be discussing this ad nauseum tonight, New Orleans has won seven of the past eight regular season meetings between these NFC South rivals. So I'm just painting you a little picture right there. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Don't bet against Tom Brady, even though it's three points. <laughs> You're saying don't bet against the five and six Tom Brady. Yes. Even though he's five and six, he's Tom Brady. Well, from a quarterback comparison standpoint, Andy Dalton is going against a defense that sacked uh, Jameis Winston six times, also had three interceptions and recovered two fumbles in Tampa Bay's 10-point uh, win. How old is Andy win. Dalton? Uh, if I was a betting man, I'd say he has his ARP card. <laughs> he's been around for a while. Well, then you're still making my point. He's 35 years old. Okay, now, that's younger than me, so now I feel bad. Again, uh, <laughs> we defer to the degenerate. Uh, how are you feeling about this tilt? Um, I don't. I don't lean either way because I think that Andy Dalton should be on the bench. James Winston should be playing. And Jameis Winston's a turnover machine. Didn't you hear what I he's just said? He's at least fun to watch. Andy Dalton's the most boring guy out there. He had three picks and fumbled twice. By the way, Andy Dalton, to bring it all full circle, where did he go to college? TCU. There you oh, go. There you have it. Thank you. Uh, Nick, what do you say, dog? Who are you feeling in tonight's tilt? I'm on Team Blake. I want to see Jameis Winston. But my rule of thumb is to never bet on a bad football team. I think these are two bad teams. So if, Jamie, you could just not bet on this game with Steve, I would take that advice. But we can't. We I don't do think it Steve every will week. let you do that. We do it every week. It's the pancake I breakfast. Well, we do it every week. Well, then make Steve pick. 
How about that? Yeah, make Steve pick right, first. Sure. Look, you know what? It's just beer. Right. You owe me some already, so whatever. I got some back last week. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take the Saints and the three. All right. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody's a little confident, huh? Do it. Yeah, you better believe it. And what's this conversation? Have you all been hearing uh, that after he's done in Tampa, Brady's going to finish his career in New England? No, come on. Yes. Yes, that's active conversation. I'm tired of that. I, 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 I just don't know what I would do in a situation like that. Look, he's already slowed down a little bit, has he not? Yes. Uh but he's still leading the NFC in passing, I said. So, you know, I don't know. That would be that would be something. I think when his career is over in Tampa, probably at the end of this year. Come on, dude. Hang it up. That's what I anyway. say. Anyway. All right. Uh, as it turns out, we are out of time. So to review, I'm going with Nolens. Three points. Getting three, mm-hmm. and you're good with Tampa. Yes. Can you win two in a row? I'm on fire. Let's see. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. You know, uh, Banks and... If Blake betted against me, then he lost. And I did. <laughs> all right. We'll see how it all works out. Nick, thank you. Blake, thank you. James, always a pleasure. Lovely to see you. Yeah, we'll do it again next week. What do you say? Okay. All right. And as always, thanks for listening to the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR.